0: DJ PK, time to talk NBA Finals and Jazz roster moves in the offseason with Sean Devney, NBA editor for Heavy.com. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Sean, good morning. Good morning to you. So... Giannis goes for 40 in back-to-back games, but the Bucs only win one of them. Are the Suns in trouble because the best player, often his team wins a series, and Giannis is the best player, and the Suns have no answer? Or, yeah, the Bucks got one at home, but the Suns will win game four and then finish it off at home, no problem. Which one seems more likely to you?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I do think that I've seen a lot of good things for the Bucks. I I, I do think that overall... Phoenix is the better team, but I think what what Milwaukee does is they win a lot of the the, the categories and the margins. And when they do that, uh, that's that's where their advantage is. You know, they can be a much more physical team. They're a much bigger team. Um, I think you really saw it in, in in offensive rebounding and second chance points. It was twenty to two last night, uh, and that's kind of a carryover from from game two. You know, it was 23-19 for Milwaukee in, in second chance points fast break points. Milwaukee won that points in the paint. Uh Milwaukee won that. Those are the that's that's where Milwaukee's got to win. They've got to win those categories. They have got to win them significantly to have a chance. Uh that does not leave much more much margin forever. So I, I, I still think you'd have to have the the Suns as the favorites in this series. Uh they're the better team. They're a deeper team. Uh but you know when Milwaukee can be physical and and, and play the way they did uh last night, they they've at least got a chance in this thing
2: so your statement now you've made that twice they're the better team are you going as the number one reason deeper or are this is there something else
1: yeah i think deeper i think they're a better shooting team uh and and uh you know as we saw last night it's it's when, when 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 you live by the uh, uh, the perimeter shot, you die by the perimeter shot, and, and and that happened with Phoenix. But I think that that overall, they are a better shooting team. Uh, they have sort of more reliable offense uh, with with Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and some of their their role players, uh, whether it's Aiden Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson. You, you know, they they have a number of ways that they can attack you. Where uh, I don't think Milwaukee has that same level of depth. So yeah, you know, Giannis is the best player in this series, and and and. Jeff- Generally, that works out uh, in, in, in that team's favor. Uh, but I just think that the, the, the depth, the way that Phoenix can come at you with a, no, with a number of different scores, I think that gives them the advantage here.
0: Are the Bucks going to win a game in this series because Chris Middleton goes off for 34 or something like that?
1: Yeah, that's always a wild card. He is capable of that. He's done it in every series that they've been into this point. So, uh, yeah, there's probably a, a Chris Middleton game coming. Um, you know, uh, obviously he and Drew Holiday weren't great uh, in the two games in Phoenix. Uh, that's part of the issue with uh, with Milwaukee is. Is I think that their their number two and number three options uh, at their best are very good, but but, but are a, a bit unreliable. Uh, but uh, when 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 Middleton is hot, and this has been true throughout his playoff career, you know he's capable of putting up uh, you know high thirties and, and really carrying you through a game.
2: Monty Williams is going to have to come up with something different as far as guarding onto Tucumbo. Any ideas? Yeah, I mean they got
1: to try to keep them out of the paint. Uh, you know, I think that uh, w- w- what happened last night is something that we've seen before. Uh, if you go back to a game in February when they when these two teams played, uh, L- Williams tried to use uh, DeAndre Ayton uh, to guard uh, to guard Giannis in that game, uh, and, and and Ayton wound up with five 5 I mean, Atenta uh, Cooper went right at him, and, and and got him right in the foul trouble. That happened again last night. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's something that Monty Williams is going to have to look at because that really hurts them offensively. Aiden's been so important to what they do on the offensive end. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think that, that taking Aiden, uh, finding a different options, but, you know, whether it's Jay Crowder is, is, is the most obvious one, uh, Bridges. I think you gotta use some other guys on, on uh on Giannis. You can't afford to have Ayton um you know, giving up the size that he giving up the uh, uh the athleticism at least uh, that he does on the defensive end, and then getting into foul trouble and taking himself out of out of what he does offensively. That just hurts you on know, too many fronts, so uh, I think that's probably the big uh the big adjustment they've got to make. They've got to go smaller on Giannis, which is a risk in itself, but you just can't afford to have Aiden and that kind of foul trouble. Uh you know, he was really rolling at the beginning of the game. Uh once he got into foul trouble, that really changed uh, uh the dynamics of that game.
0: So Budenholz is taking a lot of heat, a lot of criticism. He's not making adjustments. He's on thin ice. It seems kind of overblown to me. It seems like the team that wins the 50-50 balls, the hustle plays, the team that has more offensive rebounds, that's the team that's winning. And lots of coaches can tell you to go get an offensive rebound. Is he taking too much heat or no?
1: Yeah, I mean, you guys know how it goes, especially these days uh, uh, with uh, with social media and stuff. It's like a narrative starts and then it snowballs and everybody jumps on and says the same thing and it becomes – the identity of, you know, whoever's the subject of that narrative, right? And and so Budenholzer, you know, got this reputation that somebody doesn't make adjustments. And it's it, he is slow to make adjustments. There's no question. He trusts his system a lot more than, than other coaches. Uh, but there are plenty of other coaches who don't make adjustments. And you can't make 15 adjustments during a game. I mean, you just can't coach that way. Uh, so, you know, he, he, he goes through a game and he makes a couple adjustments. Uh, uh, he did that in Game One and Game Two, uh, and, and and you know just like every coach does. So yeah, absolutely, that gets blown way out of proportion. It's one of those things that became a story uh, around him, uh, and and just got repeated so much that, that uh, uh, you know people just start repeating it over and over, and it becomes uh, a much bigger part of of uh, how he's identified than, than really what he deserves.
2: In terms of money and length of contract, as far as years go, what do you think Conley's going to get?
1: It's going to be three years. Somebody will give him three years. Uh, so that's that's part. You know, at his age and with his injury history, that's that's a challenge uh, for for Utah. But you know, whether it's the Knicks or, or Heat, somebody's going to give him three years. I would think in the twenty million dollar range. So I think we're probably looking at at three years, sixty. Uh, probably is about the minimum, uh, and, and you know it might go a little bit higher than that, uh, just because there isn't a whole lot uh, out there in the free agent market. You've got a lot of teams uh, who are who have some money and are eager to turn a corner, like Miami and, and, and New York, teams like that. Um, so I, I think around three years and and 60, maybe even as high as uh, three years and and, and about uh, uh, 70 or so. The three and 70 is probably a safer bet, but I think minimum is going to be three years and about $50
0: So David Locke is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, and he comes on our show once a week, and he lives, eats, and breathes the NBA, and he thinks that as many as nine point guards – could be changing teams here just a big old game of musical chairs is it going to be complete chaos and how much of these negotiations are shaped by people who want to make an early move call their shot and get out of the game quicker not later because they don't want to get caught holding the bag here when yeah people start i mean you know they,
1: they, i mean look they're not supposed to negotiate until uh, uh i think it's august 1st that's that's BS. Yeah, of course, there's plenty of agents talking about plenty GMs. There's things being lined up uh, as we speak. And and, and things. those are usually the things that, that, that you and I won't hear about, is, is the things that are going on uh, that are really serious are the ones that everybody doesn't want to let out. So if if, if Kyle Lowry, for instance, the point guard from, from Toronto, already has something lined up with Miami, we're not going to hear about that. Uh, but there's no question that that would go a long way towards setting the market uh, uh, for, for other point guards, and also limiting some options if you're a guy like Conley. So, yeah, a lot of it is going to be musical chairs and and, and who's going to be aggressive enough uh, to uh to get their chair first and sort of sort of set the uh uh the, the tone for the rest of the game and 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 it's going to be interesting to watch because you know you do have younger guys like alonzo ball for instance uh who who's going to be a factor in this uh but most of these guys are going to be better it's even chris paul uh you know should he opt out of that forty million which which most people think he will to get a longer deal uh you know he's going to be involved in this as well so uh yeah it's going to really come down to uh you, you know who, who kind of sets that market first uh, and and, and what's that what's going to be the ripple effect uh, on other players.
2: And how about other positions too beyond the point guard do you expect a lot of movement and teams taking players and players exchanging and moving?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 not a huge year in free agency. I think there are some good names, a guy like Demar Derozan, for instance, uh, but you know, not necessarily somebody who's uh, you know, a franchise player. So, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a possibility. He's the biggest name. Uh, you know, ninety-nine percent of uh, uh, of all executives will tell you he's going back to the Clippers. Um, but uh, you know, certainly he's he's going to at least fill out the market. Uh, you know, I think there's a, a real chance for some movement at the draft. This is a good draft. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of teams that have multiple picks. The Knicks have multiple picks, for instance. They'd like to move up. Uh, so I think around the draft, uh, July 29th, I think we'll see uh, uh, a fair amount of movement. Cleveland really wants to do something. They want to get out of uh, Kevin Love's contract, and, uh, and uh, Colin Sexton is, uh, uh, is part of a potential package there. Uh, we've all heard the Ben Simmons rumors, uh, so that that's, that's going to be a possibility. Um, of course, Damian Lillard, we'll see what happens there. You know, So there are some big names, I think, on the trade market, uh, and I think the draft will be a pretty good time to watch as far as that goes. But free agency, I, I don't expect to be a huge deal, uh, just because there, there really aren't that many great players out there.
0: So the Suns have gone from a perennial lottery team to the NBA Finals. Is there anyone poised to make that jump? And, and how do you count the Warriors when you assess that, I guess?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't really count the Warriors. I mean, if you have, uh, you know, Steph Curry on your team and 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 Clay Thompson's just been hurt, I don't know that they really, uh, you know, that they really count uh, in terms of that. You know, uh, I, I don't think there's any teams that are that are you know necessarily been to the lottery as many times as the Suns are ready to turn it around. Um, I think Sacramento has some possibilities. Uh, you, you know, I think I think Minnesota is a team that yeah man they've just gone and gotten so many young guys because they keep getting uh lottery picks that uh uh, you know, you got to think. Eventually, it's either going to click or they're going to have to make a trade. You know, you can't just keep you know running through all this stuff uh, and 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 not have not not have some success uh, without you know Carl Anthony Towns or or somebody else being put on the block. So uh, you know, Minnesota is a possibility there. They're kind of uh, uh, at a point where they've got to either make a change or uh, or or show some serious improvement. Uh, you know, maybe Charlotte. Yeah, if LaMelo if Lamella Ball can can stay healthy, he really showed. Uh, a, a lot of promise uh this, this year so you know charlotte would be a possibility as well but i i, I wouldn't uh, uh i wouldn't put the mortgage on that that's for sure
2: you anticipating anybody making blockbuster moves to get move up in the draft on draft night
1: yeah, you know, I, I, I think there'll be some teams trying. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, when you have a guy like Cade Cunningham at the top of the uh, draft, uh, as as most presume he is, uh, there's a lot of teams that would really like to be able to move up there, and, and Detroit is is uh, just at the start of its rebuild. So if it has the chance to get uh, multiple uh, m- multiple assets, uh, then I think the Pistons would at least listen uh, uh, to trade possibly. I think they'll they'll take Cade Cunningham uh, in the end but I think they're going to listen. So, yeah, I do think there's some possibilities. There's there's, there's basically four guys, maybe five, uh, depending on how you count uh, Jonathan Kaminga from the G League. Um, you know, Evan Mobley is in there, and, and, and Jalen Suggs, and Jalen Green. Uh, so you've got basically five guys. So you've got a lot of teams really looking to get into that top five because those are the ones who have the potential uh, to be uh, to, to be real franchise changers. Once you get six, seven, eight, you still have some very, very good players available. Uh, but, you know, a little bit more of a gamble, a little bit more of a beauty in the eye of the beholder. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's no question that, uh, that teams, especially those teams like I mentioned, the Knicks, uh, with multiple picks are are really looking to, to, to package and move up uh, to, to possibly get uh, a potential star.
0: Damian Lillard went to Weber State. Ogden's about 45-minute drive north of Salt Lake City. There are plenty of Lillard fans. Is he staying put in Portland?
1: You know, I, I think as long as Neil O'Shea stays there, he's going to stay put. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think O'Shea wants to be the guy who traded Damian Lillard. I think... You know, he's still looking at it as a challenge to, you know, find a way to improve this team and, and, and get it better. You know, maybe there's a there's a C.J. McCollum trade uh, that uh, the, that he'd be willing to make. I just don't think that he wants to be the one uh, who traded Damian Lillard. If they make a change in the front office, and that's still a possibility. I mean, you know, this, this the last few weeks have been, uh, you know, a bit of a dumpster fire in, Port- in Portland, and, and he could ultimately pay a price for that. Um, and, you know, if that happens... Then I think there's a chance that that you'd see Damian Willard, you know, that, them really looking at serious Damian Willard talks. Uh, but Lillard has not gone to the team and said trade me. Uh, so until that happens, and until Neil O'Shea has gone, then I think uh, I think Willard stays put. Uh, but I would also say that there's a real chance that that O'Shea does get fired, uh, you know, next month maybe after the draft. Uh, and there's a real chance that that sometime somewhere along the line, maybe after the Olympics, Willard goes to the team and says uh, and. and says, trade me. None of that stuff's happened yet though, so I'd say no. Uh, but but both of those are real possibilities.
0: Well, Sean, it's going to be an interesting offseason. We appreciate you coming on for a few minutes and talking about it with us. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. Sean Devney, NBA editor. You can read him at heavy.com there as he covers the NBA.